Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? What are we talking about this week? Well, I'm going to start you off with a riddle. And then maybe you can figure it out from this riddle. Because I know you love a good riddle because you always send me Maria Shriver's riddles from Instagram. (laughs) But I struggle sometimes. You, of course, your brain is something else and you get them right away. I feel like I've just heard a lot of riddles. I don't know. Like as a kid, like I feel like it's just like, like I've already heard all the riddles. Like I just come up with the answer because it's like, it's like the same batch of riddles going around. Do they get you like a book of riddles? (laughs) I don't know why I was so into riddles. I was an only child, Kelly. I had nobody to play with. I think it's your brain. You are. Like I've said, like your brain has to be donated to science. (laughs) It's either that or your parents got you a book of riddles. (laughs) I feel like I'm at my dumbest when I'm on this podcast. Everything I say is so stupid because I'm just totally like, I've let like the perfectionism go out the window. Like I don't care to not know. I'm okay with not knowing something. So I I just kind of embrace that on this podcast. And it's really nice. Well, it just kind of makes it seem like you're just comfortable. I am. Yeah. I'm letting loose. (laughs) I'm letting loose here. We're on like a learning journey together. So first to the riddle, then we'll do some weekly catch up topics. And then we'll go into kind of culture topic and a little nostalgic topic and then mental health. So culture, nostalgia, mental health after our intro. The riddle, to give you a clue as to what our culture topic is today, why can't you iron a four-leaf clover? Because it will burn? (laughs) I mean, very practical answer. Yes, it probably will burn. But the answer is because you shouldn't press your luck. Oh, so freaking clever. That was a good one. <laughs> it's so clover. <laughs> Sorry, I love a good pun. Uh, the reason I picked this one of all the riddles I could have chosen was because my dad, like, I just like heard my dad saying that my dad, my whole childhood was like, don't press your luck. Don't press your luck. And, like the whole, oh, like that was just a saying. That was one of his sayings. Whenever I'd say something or do something, he'd be like, don't press your luck. I remember him saying that to you. Do you? Oh, my God. Like, it was just on repeat. Like, that was his favorite thing to say. It was, don't press your luck. I'd be at sleepovers. I was pretty much at your house every weekend on a sleepover. And I've heard (laughs) Mr. Cabral say that to you many a times. (laughs) Right? That was, like, his go-to catchphrase. Missy? Don't don't press your luck, Missy. Yeah. Getting into our weekly catch-up before we start our culture topic, current events. I posted a picture on Instagram on our story, which our Instagram, again, guys, is at underscore. It's called culture. Oh, I can't even, I don't even know how it started. I posted a picture because I was up in northern Vermont and I was at a restaurant that was not Portuguese at all. And the dishware, the lusa that they brought out was so fucking Portuguese. Like they brought out one of those like brown ceramic like pot like things with the handle. Like I thought they were going to do shitty some bombed in there. <laughs> but like they put my ice cream in there. And then I ordered espresso at the end of my meal and they gave it to me on this like blue florally Portuguese looking saucer for my espresso dish. So I posted a picture of that and I just thought it was funny. So one of our listeners slid into our DMs to talk about the lusa and specifically like the cabbage lusa. So the the cabbage plates that are known <laughs> in Portugal. And I was like, oh, I have pictures of the cabbage plates. And when I went to look at my pictures of the cabbage plates, they were in the same picture with these like ceramic penises. So it was a, a store shelf and they had the like, cabbage plates on the top shelf and underneath the whole bottom shelf which they put in like the back of the store on the bottom shelf it was all these ceramic penises lots of giant ceramic penises and i think maybe some ceramic tits i don't know what was in there i forget (laughs) apparently that's like a very specific traditional item so then when i posted that picture Another said that their dad was from the town that those specific ceramics were made. This is one town in Portugal, in the mainland, that 
manufactures these ceramics. And just the thought of that is hysterical to me. These little vavos and vavoos just hand-painting ceramic penises. <laughs> the fact that someone thought that there was a market for these. I haven't researched like the history of like why it started, like why the pe- like who first made the penis. Do they need like a Shopify storefront so they can sell these? Or like an Etsy account? They were in all the stores in some account. Like you go into these little shops. Like if you had ceramics, there was a penis. Ceramic penis was also there. <laughs> They're hand painted. Our listeners sent us a video, this cute little video of them doing like, this, like a little news or documentary feature of the people <laughs> that create these. And the way they have to hold it to paint it. <laughs> I could never imagine like my mama or my boo or like my mom or my dad painting penises. No, it's like, it's so funny. My mom probably actually would really love it. She's very like artsy and likes to do stuff like that. So she probably would have enjoyed painting penises. Uh, I wonder if there's like a way, like you said, if there's a Shopify storefront, like, can I purchase one via the internet to be shipped to me? Because I would love to wrap that up as a gift at my next Yankee swap. You do the Yankee swap on your Portuguese side, right? Oh, yeah. If we're us being Portuguese, it just doesn't confuse as to why this is a thing. But think about the Americans are going to think. <laughs> and it's just like a ceramic penis. Is there like an ashtray? Oh, like does it have a function? Let yeah, me is there see. like a function? Because in the video, you can't, you can't tell because they're so big. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you just have penises as like a decorative piece in your home. There's a hole. There's a hole at the uh, in the tip, like where there's supposed to be a hole. Right. You know, things come out. <laughs> in the t- I mean, these things are painted. And they're they're veiny, they're veiny, and they're painted. The tip is bright red. The shaft is skin color, like a like a beige, and then the the balls sack is black for the hair. Do you think like someone printed out a picture of a penis? <gasps> this oh my god! This one looks like. It has like a stopper. Like, look at, see, there's like a stopper coming out of the balls. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. Now I see it. Yeah. It almost looks like, I don't even know. Like, is this thing, is this a bong? Is it a dong bong? It's a good market. TM, TM, trademark that. <laughs> they must have dong bongs. Like, that has to be a thing, right? It's like a, it's the perfect shape. <laughs> Do you dare Google it? <laughs> <laughs> Googling dong bong. It's, I mean, there are a lot of dong bongs. Oh, okay. So there's market for them already. Okay. So then there's all the penises. And then they have this penis breast combo. And it says Afaneca on it. F-A-N-E-C-A. What does that mean? I don't know if I'm saying that right. But Faneca is... The place where potters extracted the excellent clay of Santa Maria Island. But that one almost looks like like a mug. The breast, it looks, it's like open top, like a mug almost. But then it has like a penis on the side. So I don't know if like you hold the penis and you drink out of the breast mug. I don't know. I don't know how this. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's an ashtray. Maybe it's just decorative. So then there's a couple of other like little ceramic figurines next to it. And there's this one of this guy, which I think is supposed to be like just like a caricature of a Portuguese man, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) He's doing the sign for like, isn't this like the fuck you sign? Hold on. I'm going to put my mic down and I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yeah. Where you like crease one elbow, make a fist, and then you just kind of like smack your arm right yeah. in the crease of your elbow i think like when you do that you're supposed to say like like vapakarai or something like that i feel like i remember kids doing that on the playground like does that also mean fuck you in english or is that only like a portuguese fuck you sometimes when my dad was pissed off with my mom he would do that behind her back <laughs> <laughs> 
so she like wouldn't see it. I remember being associated with like food this. That oh yeah, that's what it is. I'm sorry. I think you're right. Not Mapakarai. It's food this. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. In the school ground? Do you think it was just Portuguese kids that were doing it? Well, so the difficulty in deciding is that our whole school was Portuguese kids. So yes, it was just Portuguese kids doing it, but was that because it was like a school age kid thing? Like were the American schools doing that? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I think it's it's gotta be a Portuguese. I don't know. The whole arm maybe saying who this obviously is like the Portuguese. Of course, right. The arm action could be universal. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, is that arm action universal? I'm not sure. All right. So culture topic, St. Patrick's Day, a little geography, because this has confused me my entire life. Prior to me just looking this up for this episode, if you had asked me to explain this, the differences between these terms, I would be pretty stumped. I would not know. I would. I do not use these terms correctly currently. So I figure if I'm not using them correctly, other people or our listeners may also benefit from this little refresher. What I'm going to talk about is UK versus Great Britain versus Britain versus the British Isles versus Ireland. What those all are, because it's a clusterfuck. I did know that there is a difference with all that. I just couldn't tell you. So. I don't know that I would have known that there was a difference between UK and Great Britain. And I don't think I would have known. I've never heard the term British Isles. And I don't think I would have known that there was a difference between Britain and Great Britain. Definitely UK. UK is like different than Great Britain. How about we just let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just know that there is like a confusion. I also didn't know that there was two parts of Ireland. And that comes into play with how these are broken out. So let me get into this. We have Great Britain, England, Wales, Scotland. Just those three. Great Britain. If you drop the great, it's just Britain. It's just England and Wales. No Scotland. United Kingdom. You have basically Great Britain, which was Wales, England, Scotland, plus Northern Ireland, a portion of Ireland, not all of Ireland. So like that part of Northern Ireland doesn't use the euro. They use the freaking British sterling. Pounds? No. It's called the pound sterling. Okay. So then when I went to Ireland, I was using the pound in Ireland. So you were in Northern Ireland. Dublin? Oh, that's not part of the geography that I looked up. (laughs) Did you go to Temple Bar? Yes. Dublin is not in Northern Ireland. Oh, so maybe I did sound Dublin. I think the rest of Ireland uses euros. So Ireland, again, two parts. There's Northern Ireland, and then I think the bottom is called the Republic of Ireland. So Republic of Ireland, not part of the UK. Northern Ireland is. And then you have the British Isles, which is purely a geographical term, and that is all of it. So that's all of Ireland, Scotland, England, and Wales. Just learned that today. (laughs) So did I, apparently. (laughs) St. Patrick. This one is particularly interesting. And I think the way that I'm going to describe it to you is I wish that churches, instead of preaching from the gospel and doing it all in like Bible speak, I wish that they would have to preach from a Wikipedia article using that information only because I think it would sound a little different. It would be a little bit more like today we honor St. Patrick, a man or two men. We're not sure. Not even from Ireland who potentially made up being abducted and taken to Ireland for six years as a slave and whose escape is sort of implausible. And we only know about it from his own journal writings, but he banished the snakes from Ireland. (laughs) Oh, wait, It says here there were never any snakes in Ireland to begin with, and that snake fossils do not even exist. But he held up a shamrock one time and said, this is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today, to him, we pray. Let's bow our heads in prayer. (laughs) I'm just saying I go to church if they just read Wikipedia pages. (laughs) Dude, if they had to be like facts only... (laughs) A facts-only church, I'm in. 
Oh my god, absolutely. Did we make that? Did we make our own cult? <laughs> Easy to make one, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's unpack that. He's not even from Ireland. He's like the patron saint of Ireland, and he is like synonymous with Irish culture. Why does a president in America have to be born in America? So he's not from Ireland. He was from England somewhere. I think that this was like, I think we're talking in times pre-country boundaries. Like this was like the Roman Empire at some point. I think he's from what is today England, but it wasn't England back then. It's like pre-England. There are no dates. Like you go to his Wikipedia page and there's not a single date. Everything they know about him was from the journals on his life, but homeboy never fucking put a date on the thing. (laughs) Was he pre-calendar? Did they not have a calendar? (laughs) He didn't know what year it was. He didn't know what year or date it was. He didn't even know what day of the week it was. (laughs) This is a genuine question. Like when did calendars and years and days of the week start? Because he would not have known. I guess I'm calling him like an ignoramus for not putting that on his, the top of his journal entry, but I don't think that was a thing. I went to Google. So for centuries, the Romans used a period of eight days in civil practice, but in 321 CE, Emperor Constantine established a seven-day week in the Roman calendar and designated Sunday as the first day of the week. I don't know, man. <laughs> So St. Patrick should have had like a little 321 at the top of his page <laughs> to, to know like, or like I was born in the year, like, right. He basically like autobiographied himself in his fucking journal, but like forgot to be like, I was born in this year. <laughs> the year is this. So like, there's no, nothing tying you back to years whatsoever, but then they know the exact day he died somehow on March 17th. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and so there's also the controversy, which we've seen basically like every saint we look up that there's like, oh, like it could have also been this other dude. Like, we're not really sure. That annoys me. How is it too? They don't even know. (laughs) Valentine was too. Right. This is what I'm saying. So I'm like, they don't even know. They'll never know. (laughs) You're not going to confirm it. His journal has this whole thing saying that he got kidnapped, abducted taken to ireland to be a slave for six years and then he made this like heroic escape that has all sorts of plot holes like he didn't eat for 42 days he was just wandering until he ate a buffalo like i don't even know like it has like a lot of implausible shit in his escape store he he walked 200 miles to catch a ship and so he writes about this all in his journal he apparently escaped six years later goes back to england he found the lord while he was in slavery in ireland apparently and so like he then he started going into you always find the lord <laughs> so then he starts getting into whatever his clergy work that he was doing and decides he, his calling is to go back to ireland i guess and so at some point he, he must have i don't know he had a bell i think he he was a bell guy i was i was gonna say he had a staff but i don't think it was a staff i think he had a bell i think he was a bell guy he like went on a 40 day fast to like the top of a hill, like Moses, a 40 day fast, which I don't know how how strict his fasting was. But what kind of delusion are you in if you're on a 40 day fast in the middle of the fucking mountains in Ireland? Right. But apparently he claims that some snake attacked him and then he used his little belly bell. He rang his bell and he banished. He said some words. Like he all went Harry Potter on them and banished the snakes from Ireland. But now they're saying that's not the case because Ireland didn't have any snakes. It's never had snakes. No. Yeah. There's no there's no snake fossils that exist on in the land on the island. <laughs> there was no native snake population. <laughs> exactly. Now think about like modern day St. Patrick's Day around the whole world right yeah all the shit that we do and we base that all off of like this dude's journal entries <laughs> so they like found his diary <laughs> they found his diary and then like, they created this whole thing <sighs> like it's just not and it's simply just not true like i didn't need an archaeologist to come out with the facts that snakes didn't exist on the island before I didn't need like the fossil evidence to prove that the snakes weren't there. 
I'm going to just tell you right now, he didn't banish the snakes with his vow. <laughs> like, I know that that's not true before you've given me the scientific proof. Like, even if there was snakes on a, in, a, in a yes, island, he didn't get rid of them with a bow. Exactly. Even if there existed snakes and then now they're extinct and there's no more snakes. It was not because he rang a bell on exactly. the top of the hill. <laughs> How do we get from there to this commercialized shit we're doing now? Chicago's dying the river green. We're putting green lights on the White House. Like our first grade teacher is putting leprechaun feet across our desks. <laughs> that was cute though. <laughs> Yeah, it just it turns into a whole industry of just partying, drinking, especially St. Patrick's Day. It's all about kiss me, I'm Irish, blah, 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 whatever. Like, oh, I'm Irish for the day. These shirts with all those sayings. And it's just everyone goes to like parades and they party hard and they get chip faced. I think for the state, the next day, the day after St. Patrick's Day has like the highest call out. this year it's a friday so the next day is saturday you don't have to call out perfect i can't say i didn't wear a kiss me i'm irish shirt in college (laughs) oh yeah i definitely partied for zay magic day it was awesome (laughs) kelly i wore a kiss me i'm irish shirt my dna is 100 percent portuguese kiss me i'm irish i'm walking around what am i doing with that I painted my face the Irish flag. You did not. I think I have a picture on my Instagram. I gotta find it. I did. Like your whole face. Why did I? Well, my DNA is not well, my DNA is not 100 percent Portuguese. I did not post that yet on the podcast, but I'm 94% Portuguese. And why did I do that? Like, was this like a little flag that was no. just like on your cheek? Like your your entire face? I'm pretty sure my entire face. I was dating the guy that you knew that went to your high school. And we all went out one night. For, we he was out. Portuguese, too. <laughs> Super Portuguese. Did he paint a flag on his face? No, I don't think he did. I wore like a hat. I had like beads. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Would I do that now? No. I have such sensitive skin. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find a picture. I think I have it on Instagram somewhere. It's like down, 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 buried in the bottom. It's like a cultural appropriation. I'm like, like pretending I'm Irish for the day. You know, like what? Oh, I don't you know. Get a lot of kisses. Kiss me, I'm Irish. It was college, you know. Yeah, I think I may have. I don't know. Then he he used the clover. He used the shamrock to explain the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Homeboy picked up a clover out of the grass one time to make a demonstration. And like, he's forever enshrined as in statue with this fucking clover. <laughs> so growing up, I don't know if this is Catholic school trauma or whatever. I thought a clover was like hard to find. I didn't know that you could just, you would have them in your yard. Like, I've seen them in my yard. Do you not know the difference? Three leaf and four leaf. Yeah, and he's, his is the, his is the three? The three, because it's the Holy Trinity. Yes, 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 thank you. So the four leaf are hard to find. You thought the three leaf was rare. Yes. Whatever one isn't rare, I think I thought was rare. And I would just remember growing up being like, I have them in my yard. <laughs> I am so lucky. <laughs> I am the luckiest girl alive. I think I thought clovers in general were ratified. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking in Catholic school. But I have them in my king doll. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so pro parenting tip. If you're ever outside and you want to give your kids something to do to keep them occupied for a long time, just send them on a hunt for a four-leaf clover. It's brilliant. I wish they actually didn't even exist. Like, it would be even better. Yeah. Because <laughs> she did find one. She brought it into me. I had to save it. We had to press it in a book somewhere. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's cute, though. All right. So, like, I think leprechauns in general, I know I talked about the little leprechaun feet that are 
teacher would roll across our desk in first grade. She had a little stamp. So cute. She would roll it across and it would make this trail of leprechaun feet and she would do it all across the classroom to make us think that the leprechaun had come in the night and then we would arrive on St. Patrick's Day. And I think we had like the little gold chocolate coins or something that she would give us. Like I spent her own money. She probably spent her own money on that. It was Catholic school. You know, they didn't buy her that. And she's still there and she's still doing it. And it's the cutest thing. But leprechauns in general, I think are like, I don't think the Irish like them. I think it's like, <laughs> it's very stereotypical thing. Like, I think they do not like the leprechaun persona, especially not the like commercialized leprechaun persona that's everywhere. I don't know if the Irish hate them or not. They sound like they're little cute little guys. <laughs> they seem a little bit on the mean side. Oh. <laughs> And so it's like Irish folklore, and they're like a tiny old man. So this is what it's he's described as: tiny old man, often with a cropped hat, a leather apron. He's solitary by nature, which I'm all for that. <laughs> and he is said to live in a remote place, and he makes shoes. He obviously sells them. So he stockpiles his profits and makes like to hide them at the end of rainbows. Or scatter them around the forest, mountains, or rocks. Apparently, I did not know this, but leprechauns were red. But in the 20th century, everything with Irish became associated with the green color. So that also included the leprechauns. Ah. Others believe the leprechaun turned green to blend in with grass as a form of camouflage. Which I kind of like that. <laughs> Tiny mystical man rem- remains elusive today, and it is believed that anyone who catches the leprechaun is entitled to his pot, which includes his gold. And aside from the treasure he holds, it is believed that spotting a leprechaun is a sign of good luck. What about catching a leprechaun and you'll be granted three wishes in return for his freedom? Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's coming back. Now that you just brought that up, forgot about that. Which seems kind of like messed up. Like, you caught him and now he has to do you a favor. He has to do you three favors before you let him go. Right. Weird, right? So I don't know. Like I saw this thing in the Irish post and it was talking about the incredible true story of Ireland's last leprechauns. And there was like a man who is like occupation is like a leprechaun hunter or something. And I don't know, in 1989, what can only be described as a leprechaun suit was discovered on a mountain in Ireland alongside some small bones and a collection of four gold coins. It was a discovery that divided the public. Skeptics saw it as part of an elaborate hoax concocted by bored jokers after one too many pints of Guinness. But a handful of believers saw it as something else, confirmation that some seed of truth existed underneath the centuries of fairy tales and folklore. Okay, like it's obviously like not true, but like it also just seems like too neat and coincidental that like they just happen to find like a leprechaun suit and a three gold coins and his leprechaun bones like all in right. one spot in the mountain. Like it's just too easy. Somebody obviously just took a shovel and went and like buried that <laughs> shit and then like called it in afterwards. Oh, I just like how all these countries have some type of like mystical creatures attached to them. I never even checked this, and that's kind of sad, but I don't know if Portugal does. I have to be a uh, research for another day. So this man, the, the bounty hunter for the leprechaun, they actually called him a leprechaun whisperer. <laughs> Ireland's last leprechaun whisperer. After they found this leprechaun evidence in 1989, he started these hunts to try to confirm or deny their existence. In 2002, he came across another discovery, more gold coins. So then people were like, did you plant the coins there and then discover them? So like it was divided. However, things took a turn for the strange when he then reveals that the coins had apparently given him the ability to communicate with an elder being who apparently served as the elder of the 236 surviving leprechauns secretly living in the region in 2009 the 236 surviving leprechauns in ireland were afforded protection under the european habitats directive <laughs> according to the legend they live at the slate rock below foy mountain which is part of the Cooley mountains 
What? Damn, I would have gone leprechaun hunting while I was in Ireland. As a mark of appreciation to the people of Carlingford for getting them protected as a species, the little people leave 2,000 cauldrons around the streets of Carlingford for the hunters to collect. How do I sign up for this job? (laughs) I'm sorry, but like some kind of official body granted these 236 living beings that nobody has ever seen except this one man who found a gold coin that allowed him to communicate with the elder leprechaun secretly. And they granted them like habitat protection, like so, like official like court public document, leprechaun habitat. Is there like an office for this at the city hall? <laughs> I can't. So like, and the thing is, were there little, little shoemaker men that were very reclusive, and that was the persona of the leprechaun or something back in the day? But, like, then you just start assigning magical powers, and then it gets weird. I always think that. I always think that's, like, something originally was, like, real. Like you said, like, was it, like, these men that were making shoes, and they were, like, hidden and just by themselves. And then it, like, just turned into, like, you know, things with stories. Like, kind of like, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, like, Boo Radley, who was by himself in his house. And, like, they always had all these, like, different stories about him. He was just so, like alone and people didn't know does that happen with all these mystical creatures rooted in reality but then they just make up this shit and it just takes on its life of its own here we are we're getting leprechaun stamped on our (laughs) first grade desk leprechaun is a great segue from our kind of culture segment to our nostalgic segment which we have some nostalgic leprechaun topics (laughs) aside from the little stamp feet on our desk The first one under nostalgia is going to be the Leprechaun movies, which apparently (laughs) is like a cult classic of the 90s. And Kelly, you brought it up as like, okay, we're going to do St. Patrick's Day. We have to talk about the Leprechaun movies. And I was like, I vaguely was like, okay, I I feel like it's a horror film. Like I at least like knew the genre, but I was like, no idea. I had never seen them, had never really heard of them other than to just, like, know that it was possibly a horror film. Yeah. And they were probably, like, you probably would have recognized them, too, and they were on TV, because they always played around with St. Patrick's Day, obviously, on TV, like, whatever the horror channels growing up as a kid was. I haven't watched them in a while, but they are just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it came out in 1993, and Jennifer Aniston's in the first one. And I think it says, like, it's her film debut. That was the first thing I Googled when you said I want to talk about the Leprechaun movies. And I looked it up and I was like, this was Jennifer Aniston's feature film debut? <laughs> the Leprechaun? So, like, the premise of the first movie, I kind of, like, I did have to look it up. Because, again, like I said, it's been a really long time. And their box office was $8.6 million, though. I don't think it did well initially. I think it got popular because Jennifer Aniston got popular and then people wanted to see her first film. Oh, It got like popular like afterwards, I feel like. Oh, all right. More popular afterwards. I don't know what the timing of... So this was 1993. I don't know when Friends started. When did Friends start? 1994. So she did the movie first? Yeah. So this, this movie was first. She was like a nobody. She was not popular. She filmed the movie in like 1991. It just didn't come out until 1993. But then she became wildly popular with Friends, which, which, like you said, started in 1994. So then, like, I don't think she's in the rest of the movies, right? Is she only in that first one? Does she die? Did she die in the first one? Maybe. (laughs) Um, I had to do a rewatch this weekend and maybe update the next episode. (laughs) We'll do a little uh, side corner of updated movies. I cannot wait. I actually, I want to watch it with you. Like, can we like FaceTime while we watch it or something? We could do it this weekend. <laughs> You're going to die because it's supposed to be like a straight horror movie. But I don't know if because the leprechaun adds like humor, it's funny. I did like way too much reading about the leprechaun movie today, but I read something about how they wanted it originally to be like a straight horror film. They wanted it to be scary. And then like some of the writers or directors like were going a different direction. They're like, no, we want it to be kind of like campy, funny comedy. 
horror vibes and so like it's kind of like a mix like it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be like if it wants to be funny or if it wants to be a straight horror and they like screened it to all different ages and they were like no but like it's not I want it to be scarier but no I want it to be funnier so like they were just all over the place I like um the leprechaun's a sassy fuck <laughs> to me they're more hilarious than horror that is my favorite genre yeah. of anything is think to me, it's especially things that are trying to be horror, but are actually really funny. Yeah. That is my jam. Yeah, yeah. Like The Exorcist, funniest movie of all time. And it ain't meant to be funny. No. So the premise of the movie, I believe, is the leprechaun gets his like gold stolen. Like, So someone goes out to Ireland. Like, I think the main character goes out to Ireland on a family trip and he sees like this whatever this gold and he steals it and this leprechaun follows him he wants to get his gold back and then i think he gets trapped and we're talking about leprechauns getting trapped this guy traps the leprechaun the father and daughter buys home where this leprechaun's trapped in and they have like contractors coming in fixing the house and i think like the contractors feel like i need my brother right now because <laughs> he would tell you exactly uh i think the contractors release the leprechaun and then I think just like mayhem just ensues. <laughs> it just goes on like a killing spree. Yeah, it goes on like a rampage. And then like there's many different leprechauns. It's about like six of them, I think, or even more. Oh, I have the list. I have the- Beautiful. He, like my favorite one is when he goes into the hood. It's like leprechaun, whatever the title is, goes into the- I think it's like goes into the hood. That's like my favorite one. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I cannot wait to watch these. I'm going to watch all of them, probably. I read that the director or the writer, whoever conceived these films, he based it off of Lucky Charms. Oh, wow. He literally was like probably eating a bowl of Lucky Charms one day. And he was like, I could make a horror movie off of this. (laughs) Literally fucking Lucky Charms. Magically delicious. (laughs) He created a whole franchise. It became a cult classic and it has this whole franchise. Like you said, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies. You can like look up like Leprechaun movie order. Like what's the most ideal or optimal order to watch the movies in? And so it's the original Leprechaun, 1993 Jennifer Aniston one is the one they recommend first. And then they recommend going to Leprechaun Returns, which is 2018. Oh, wow. They made one in 2018. And this was like with sorority girls, modern day. And it was like a leprechaun goes into a sorority house somewhere. I don't know. Then they recommend Leprechaun 2, which was 1994. And that's where he needs to find a bride. He like takes a woman as his bride. And then her boyfriend has to like go save her from the leprechaun. (laughs) Is this ringing some bells? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And then there was Leprechaun 3 in 1995, which is in Las Vegas. I don't know if I remember that one. And then there's Leprechaun 4, where it's Leprechaun in space. That one I don't remember either. <laughs> like, doesn't sound amazing. Dude, what was it with, like, horror movies? There's, like, a Jason one, he goes into space. Leprechaun goes into space. They just like, we're like, what else can we do? We're running out of things, but we want to keep this franchise going. Let's take them to the moon. Like, let's go to space. Jason goes to New York. (laughs) So then Leprechaun 5 in 2000 is your favorite is in the hood. Leprechaun 5 in the hood. He goes to the hood. I think Ice-T is in it. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Hold on. I think it's Ice-T. Yeah, I believe he is. Is it Ice-T? Hold on. Ice-T or is it (laughs) Ice-T? Oh, I don't know the difference. Hold on. Leprechaun in the hood. It's iced tea. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So iced tea is in that. And that was in 2000. And that must have been such a hit because in 2003, they made Leprechaun back to the hood. Literally back the number two. T-H-A. The hood. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so good. And then they made one in 2014 that was called Leprechaun Origins. And I don't really know what that one was about. So we're going to find out because I want to watch all of these. It's so funny. Like, I have no words for how funny it is. Oh, I can't wait. 
I'm really excited. <laughs> It'll probably be on TV this weekend, guys. Oh, look out for it. <laughs> or you can, I'm sure, it's on some type of streaming thing, too. So my other little tidbit of leprechaun nostalgia, I could not talk about leprechauns and nostalgia without talking about this. This is so niche, but I feel like everybody has seen this. It was it was the beginning of YouTube. Like it was when YouTube was like first getting popular and a lot of like the YouTube content was like news footage from just like other areas, like news that you wouldn't get to watch because it wasn't your local news. And so this particular one was a news clip from Mobile, Alabama. And it was the leprechaun. V- <laughs> you can't even say it. Can't lot. even say it. It was this leprechaun video. And so you have these two news anchors that have to introduce this news segment with a straight face. And then they cut to the like on the ground reporter in Mobile, Alabama. There are all these people claiming there was a leprechaun sighting up in this tree in Mobile. And there's just like a crowd of people around. The video starts and there's like camp people are at the camcorders. They got their flip phones out. This is a lady with binoculars. It's like in the middle of the night. Police cars with their lights. And then there's a reporter like interviewing people. He's asking people about this leprechaun sighting. And so this guy first comes on with like his gold teeth. He's like in this whole crowd. He's pumping them up. And he's like, who else has seen the leprechaun? Say yeah. And like the whole crowd's like, yeah. And then, <laughs> then they interview this woman and she's sitting in her car. She, I think she either has like the window all the way down or she has the door open to her car. And she's just like, it sounds to me like a crackhead got a hold of the wrong stuff. And it told him to go get up in a tree and act like a leprechaun. <laughs> oh and then it cuts to this guy and he's in like like i don't know he's in like army getup. like he's in like he's got like his bulletproof vest on and he's talking about how he's getting prepared for the leprechaun he has a special leprechaun flute to ward off the leprechauns and he's holding up this medal and he says it's been passed down from generations and that his family was irish and he holds it up and it looks just like like a tailpipe from like a car or something that's his special leprechaun flute it cuts to another guy like it's just it wasn't just like one person it was like every single person they cut to in this interview was like oh my god chef's kiss so then it cuts to this other guy and he's like i'm about to run a backhoe and uproot that tree give me all the gold i want the gold the whole thing is fucking funny right every single person they cut to was just a gem but then they run an amateur sketch and this is the cherry on the top of this whole thing cuts back you're in the newsroom again you got the two news anchors and like up in the corner of the shot where they normally like would have like a little split screen showing like an image or something they put up this amateur sketch of the leprechaun it is a third grade pencil drawing of a leprechaun like it's just barely like an outline of a a round face with like like just a little hat drawn on it and it's got like two just dots for eyes when that came up on the screen and with the little words amateur sketch on the bottom it was just it just (laughs) sent me over the fucking edge i think i laughed cried peed for an eternity when i first watched that video i remember when the video came out oh it was so funny (laughs) it was so good because you just like a hundred questions go through your mind like who drew that sketch what in the world transpired to get that sketch and didn't the sketch look like jason mraz yes thank you so jason mraz had an album that came out i think after did it i think it was after i don't think his album was before that happened all of a sudden jason mraz drops this album and his album cover I don't know if it was supposed to, but it looked exactly like that amateur <laughs> leprechaun sketch. Like if you did a side by side, it's like that was the sketch. So like, I don't know which came first. Did Jason Raz really like the leprechaun video and he made that his album cover? Or did the amateur sketch artist have that album in mind when they <laughs> made their sketch? I don't know. Was he a Jason Raz fan? Possibly. So, and then he just was like, it made a little drawing and presented it. The fact that this was covered in the news. Like a real news story. And like, so what, what do you think they saw though? 
a crackhead in a tree. <laughs> Got hold of the wrong stuff. Told him he was a leprechaun. Oh, man. That video just, if you haven't seen it, you just go Google Mobile, Alabama leprechaun. It will come up. Anyways, so we're going to go into our mental health segment. So I don't have a tip for you guys this week because the girl is struggling. <laughs> My mental health is minimal, I guess. <laughs> Not good. I just I feel like I'm in a rut. With like my life, my work, it's been like one thing after another with my parents. Everything's fine, but it's literally been like, thank God everything's fine. And it's nothing like super serious because obviously it could be worse, you know, but it's just like ping pong. My dad, my mom, my dad, my mom. And of course, as we all know, being the girl in the Portuguese family, it's on you. And it's not on your brother to help. <laughs> it's on me. I don't know how you deal with it because you're constantly texting yeah. me from appointments like twice a week. You're at like appointments for one of them for the other one. You're constantly having to deal with that. The other day, I don't even think I, this day, I couldn't even, I don't even think I texted you guys. I texted you guys like the day after because my phone had died and I was using my dad's for like entertainment, but just waiting in the emergency room for 11 hours. Got there at like 930 in the morning and was seen. Finally got called at 4.30. And my dad kept just like, let's just go, let's just go home. And I'm like, no, we're not fucking coming back here. <laughs> we are staying here until you get called now. Because it's like, I'm not doing this again. You had one like that with your mom not that long ago. Yes, yeah. And I, actually, I find with that with my mom, I was proud of myself. I told my brother, you're taking her. But then I ended up going to her after appointments. <laughs> So it's like, I'm proud of you for setting that boundary and you need to do it more often. <laughs> they are your parents too. <laughs> and like, I would do anything for them. Like you would do anything for your parents. Like it's, that's the way of life. Like our parents are getting older. Like as we're getting older, our parents are getting even older. So of course, like I'm going to help them, even though I sometimes want to <laughs> scream. <laughs> Because it's just been one thing after another. But luckily, like, nothing serious. So I try to keep that in the mind, like, in the back of my head. It's just, like, small little things that result in hospital trips. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, a regular normal doctor's appointment, but an 11-hour emergency room stay. <laughs> that is so horrible. That's, like, the worst ever. It's been exhausted. <laughs> it, and that's okay. And our listeners should know that this mental health segment is not necessarily I know we we like to give tips but that's not really what it's always going to be about like it sometimes it's just us talking uh, just having a space to talk about mental health or what's bothering us or what's going well what's not going well sharing things with our listeners so it's not necessarily always going to be us giving tips <laughs> sometimes those tips are not going to help I don't know, like some of those tips are not going to help me in my, like how I feel in my situation. <laughs> and we try to be sincere too. Like we don't want to give tips that we're not using or anything. So like just, we're not just giving tips to give tips. We're kind of giving you our real experiences. So what you just said last was a good segue though, because you were talking about how it's just like a bunch of little things adding up to kind of create this situation for you of anxiety and just kind of not anxiety, but like feeling like, unwell <laughs> and <laughs> and that was exactly what i wanted to talk about today which was kind of like this thought of death by a thousand paper cuts because that's like something that has always been a thing in our household so my husband is a big proponent of feeling like he's having death by a thousand paper cuts so he's like i don't have like one big anxiety thing that's like okay this is my trouble it's this one big issue he's like it's literally just like one thousand little issues that just like together they are like insurmountable like you're just like anxiety to the max like you're at your breaking point like you have a thousand 
little paper cuts and like the next paper cut is going to be the one that kills you. Like the next paper cut is going to be the one that like pushes you over the edge. You have a mental breakdown over something so small and insignificant that like on its own, it's just, it's just a paper cut. But together with the thousand other paper cuts that you got, like you're toast, right? So for him, it's like task oriented, taskless stuff. So like things that we want to fix or whatever on the house, whatever it is. Fixing those little things one by one will like slowly like ease the the burden of the thousand paper cuts. So it's just the littlest shit because you're like, why are you so upset about the doorknob today? And it's like, it's, well, it's not the doorknob. It's like the million other things that are contributing to your anxiety levels. I guess my closing thought will just be this was my mentality when I was working. And obviously, I'm not at work now, but my husband still is. So you have a work life and you have a home life. And to me, I could only deal with having one of those in chaos at a time. So like if your work life felt like it was in chaos, like your home life had to be stable. And if your home life was in chaos, your work life had to be stable. And you couldn't be in like crisis in both your home life, your personal life, and your work life at the same time. And when that happens, you just are like just complete overwhelm. You just like shut down. You can't function in that situation because there's no safe space. It's like you can't have chaos at work and then retreat to home and have that as your safe space if you're coming home to also chaos. And that was the case for me a lot when I was still working. Like I was dealing with chaos at work and then coming home to just more chaos. And it was like just impossible. Like you're like, I can't function. Like if I'm I'm at breakdown levels, you know? That's how I currently feel. <laughs> exactly. Right. Isn't that I so true? Like my bed with my dog. Snug, snug in my bed. But that's so true because if, if you're busy at work and you're dealing with chaos there and then you're coming home and having to deal with taking your parents to the emergency room all night and then going back to chaos in the morning at work, it's like that's overwhelming for somebody. Yeah. Like you don't have any retreat from the chaos. <laughs> exactly. For me, I quit my job <laughs> and now I get to make the home life not chaotic and I get to be the stability in the home life so that my husband can deal with his chaos at work and come home to the stability instead of the chaos that we used to have. That's how we made it work. Obviously, not everybody is in the situation that you can be able to do that. But I could be if people, if we got more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, if you guys want to help my mental health. If you guys care about Kelly and her mental health, you will share this podcast with all of your friends so we can have more listeners, so we can turn a profit. (laughs) Work on this full time. We're doing it for you, little aliens. We are doing it for you. (laughs) I mean, what's left to say? I think we wrapped up our uh, St. Patty's. This is a good mental health. That's all we can do is just be our authentic selves and give ourselves the opportunity to talk about mental health. That's it. That's it, guys. Yeah. If you guys are going out for St. Patty's, be safe. Drink water. Eat before you drink. Get a full belly and have fun. There's always O'Doul's. Yep. <laughs> O'Doul's. <laughs> <laughs>